Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I'm Brian. We got Don and Cred on the line. Uh, this episode is brought to you by FTX, and we're going to talk about that uh, because they've been our long-term partner, and they got some stuff going down this week. We want to be open and transparent and have a conversation about what that means. Uh, first, let me say hello to Cred and Don. How you doing, guys? Uh, I mean... <laughs> it's a day it is a day stuff is happening um but uh, ignoring crypto all good that's what i'm gonna say i think listen i'm gonna preface this with um two important points i feel the first one is that we have no special information despite the agreement we have in place we don't have any insider views or informational flows that you don't have we're just like you stuck on twitter pressing just... refresh hoping for something uh, and the second point is, is as part of whatever agreement we have in place it doesn't involve forming our opinions you know there isn't some sort of foot soldier clause where it's like when something goes wrong you have to go out and fight and defend the reputation xyz so, so we're I always have and they're still at complete liberty to speak you know freely and transparently and critically as as, as we will so just want to kind yeah. of get that out of the way yeah absolutely um so i wanted to just kind of talk about what's going on and uh where we are with things because this show as you see right there uh is sponsored by partnered with ftx has been for a long time over a year i think um and what we're seeing going on right now is um some kind of quasi war between CZ and Sam uh some really weird stuff going on with Alameda deposits and withdrawals connecting to FTX hot wallets uh there was a period this morning where withdrawals weren't happening for 2 or 3 hours the hot wallets were pretty dried up and then there was reporting on it by the block, and then withdrawals started happening again. Um, a lot of affirmation from FTX, at least like a day or two ago, that everything was backed, uh, everything was safe. Oh, a lack of communication this morning, which is frustrating. Um, the one channel that I do have access to people at FTX with, I expressed that, that they needed to communicate quickly uh, based on... Um, what I would call a increase of uh, concern that I see in the community where, you know, if you start having people that trust you, you trust the exchange, not, not typically a skeptic or anything. And they're like, Hey, am I supposed to be like moving money off of FTX? That's never a good response, right? Like you never want that to be the case. And so communication should always be a priority. And if there's not communication, then we better get some damn good reasons why there's not. Um, once things settle down there's uh nevertheless there's a lot going on i think there was definitely a bank a bank run a bank run um so people withdrawing out of a um out of rightful caution i think because they don't want to get lunad they don't want whatever like there's scars right or celsius uh, yeah yeah they don't want to get celsius block five whichever way um so that's what what people are doing and that can put stresses on i think like some of the best organizations because for instance if you keep uh and i don't know this i don't have special information um if you keep like customer funds 
locked in a completely different place, right? You have to have multiple people, you have time locks, all these things. And you put a percentage of those backed funds over there because that keeps them safer. Um, then that can take time to like unroll. But what needs to happen is like much more thorough communication that's occurring right now. So that's what I would expect from FTX. I personally have money on FTX. I've not attempted to move it. Um, I don't really have concerns over those funds. I have concerns over the communication and I'm wondering what's happening new within the like last 12, 24 hours that is different than before. Um, I have seen some evidence this morning, like uh, I don't know if y'all saw Birch like initiated two withdrawals in the past day, one like an hour ago that was on chain. It was processed instantly one last night that was a wire and it processed just fine. Um, so I haven't actually seen evidence of stuff like people going unfulfilled for long periods of time or anything like that, but there needs to be communication in the meantime. Um, I, I <laughs> what do y'all, do y'all have anything to add there? Like, are you annoyed, uh, pissed off? Do you think they're doing things wrong? Like what should we be, what should we be discussing here? I mean, in my opinion, right? Like I, I still think it's very, very unlikely that any of the insolvency kind of rumors are true, right. but the, 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 the liquidity whole... rumors must be true. Yes. I mean, it, it's obvious that that is true, right? That they don't have basically that they have to liquidate stuff um, or like send stuff or it, it takes a while, right? Like that doesn't have me too concerned, but like you said, the, the communication blackout has me concerned, right? Because we like Sam tweets a lot usually. Uh, he's not been tweeting in the last, I don't know, it's been a while. And uh, that's a little bit worrying. But I mean, in general, like, I'd be very, very surprised if you offered me like a bet. Okay, how like seven to one, um, this is like FTX is still um, solvent or it's going to come out of this. Okay, um, then I take it. Right. But it's like, I'm still like, I don't like how it's communicated. I hate it. And um We'll see what caused that. Um, so that's my only concern, really. Uh, but then again, I don't really have any money. Like, I've, I don't have any trades going. I withdrew, like, pretty much my crypto money, like, quite a while ago because I'm not trading right now. So, um, like, it comes from a privilege standpoint. Mm. If I had money on there, I don't know how, I would, how I'd be thinking about it because then obviously you're a little bit more stressed, right? And the more money, the more percentage of your portfolio you have, the more kind of this blackout of communication is going to worry you. And I totally get that. Yeah. I mean, this is why forever I've talked about the Horcrux method, if you will, where you keep um, your your net worth of crypto in different places. So in any one failure that you may or may not be able to predict the potential outcome for, um, you have you have your buckets in different places, no matter what, like no matter how much you like an exchange or like a certain protocol or whatever, if you have everything in one spot, that can be dangerous. Um, but the uh, I, I, same as you, like my, I, I don't have any concerns over solvency. I don't like that. Like some people are saying in the chat that like one person says, well, I, mine stuff was out in minutes and then someone else says I waited 10 hours and um, I don't know if there's like stresses on withdrawal um, mechanisms. Like they pride themselves on being a, a lean company. So like 
what kind of uh like what kind of stresses is this just putting on completely normal systems and then to what degree is it uh an actual liquidity crunch where they're needing to like tap into um cold storage like that's an example of where somebody somebody was bringing up like the the hot wallets aren't being topped off by ftx cold stores are being topped off by like the alameda run between the couch cushions um fonts and i I don't understand what that's about i really want answers on like what the hell is going on with the alameda ftx uh situation there's a lot of stuff to answer we don't have all of those answers but um anyway that's where we are we're just trying to be transparent about like what we're looking at and what our uh or at least what my concerns are but we're not just like what i'm not willing to do one is i'm not gonna partner with somebody for more than a year and then just be like all right we're gonna like not partnering with them now like just for today just let them figure it out you know i'd rather just talk about it just meet something head on like freaking twitter is acting like I'm a team member of theirs anyway, <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> which I'm not. So I might as well just uh, approach the whole thing from an honest perspective. So, um, so that's what I'm doing. I still think the episode should be renamed to Bank Run on Bankman, but that seems <laughs> much more suitable as a title if we're going to go down that way. I also think, um, let me know if you object, but for the record, and maybe people will look back on this episode. I hope it doesn't end up becoming iconic, but perhaps they will. <laughs> uh, the future historians of crypto. Uh, I- I've kind of written out a short summary of events, uh, kind yeah. of most of the details of how we sort of ended up here and what transpired. And maybe I just read that out so we kind of have our bearings and for the benefit of present audience who, who aren't obsessed with crypto as we are and perhaps future um, listeners as well. So, so again, some of this has been shortened and I'm sure I missed out on some details, but the basic premise is as follows. Uh, first of all, a Coindesk article surfaced, uh, which saw a snapshot of Alameda researchers' holdings, which showed they were holding a bunch of very large amounts of stuff that would be illiquid if they tried to sell it at any size. That included both lock tokens and also tokens like FTT, Sol, Serum, etc., which are a sort of and also Axi, oh, sorry, Oxy, Maps, FIDA, and a bunch of sort of Solana Same ecosystem. Point garbage yeah sam coins and the only other bit of context there that's worth considering is that there's always been uh, an unclear at best relationship between ftx and alameda you'll recall in the early days sam's kind of twitter handle used to be sbf alameda or alameda sbf or something like that and the initial mechanism by which ftx kind of bootstrapped itself was via alameda research which was its uh, kind of concurrent quant trading firm, market making firm. And they were also running kind of OTC services for them, which is what gained them notoriety in the first place. And so obviously for regulatory reasons and for customer and consumer trust purposes that they've attempted to distance uh, and kind of have a gap between Alameda and FTX. And a lot of that is, again, for straightforward transparency purposes and also to hopefully mitigate or in their mind mitigate the idea that there is a trading firm with some sort of privileged rights, access, information, or whatever, that's trading against the customers of the exchange. Now, I think it's completely reasonable to be cynical about the degree and efficacy of that separation between Alameda and FTX. 
and that relationship hasn't always been clear and it was kind of buried to a large extent outside of some people who remember the early origin stories but that's but for those wondering oh well, what's what's the crossover you know if, if all of this is like let's say alameda related or why is alameda topping up the ftx hot wallet whatever it may be where does that relationship stem from and it stems from the origins that that piece of context is important so this article comes up saying that alameda is holding a bunch of sam coins and ftt and locked coins and Solana ecosystem garbage and so on and so forth. And as a result, the market sold off those names because they didn't like them. Like if you know, I think Alameda said they marked them down 50%. And to be honest, the, with the amounts they were holding, they tried to sell them in any kind of orderly fashion. You, you know, it, it, it would be impossible, right? If you look at the book depth, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, it, those are fundamentally illiquid positions. Um, and as a result, the market started selling those names as a result of the article and all the other kind of follow-on speculation. Caroline, who's the new CEO of Alameda Research, she came out, and I hope they don't mind me using their first names or whatever. I'm not on first names terms with these people, but I think it's Caroline. Like Twitter it's like right, Car yeah, Caroline. Exactly. <laughs> Caroline Capital. So she came out and put out some clarification tweets about their capitalization, their balance sheet, how they'd returned some loans, how their some of their hedges aren't uh, kind of weren't mentioned in the article, and that generally speaking, they were healthier than that article portrayed. Um, and that seemed to have calmed markets a little bit until CZ who's the CEO of Binance, came out and said that Binance is going to sell their stake of FTT, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is about 500 million or something like that. And they said- 500 they million left, I guess it was- 500 value. million left, yes. Yeah. And they had more than that and had been selling it uh, leading up to the event as well. So kind We've of been doing... selling. We are now going to be selling. <laughs> we're really selling now, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess he went a bit more public with it. And there was also there were also accusations floated uh, that Sam, in his lobbying efforts in Washington, D.C., uh, was- in effect, ended up lobbying against his competitors or directly against Binance or lobbying in such a way that would adversely affect uh, less US friendly uh, participants such as Binance, which is by far yeah. the biggest kind of exchange in the world. There's something um, about like billionaires making jabs at other billionaires that do nothing but cost not billionaires money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is way above our pay grade for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, so that started happening. And uh, listen, CZ did seem properly pissed off by this. You know, you could tell by his demeanor, yeah. the types of tweets, the stuff he was liking and engaging with on Twitter. He, he was not a happy bunny, right? Uh, now, Caroline and FTT obviously started being sold off aggressively on, on, you know, on the because of that news that, hey, there's a big seller coming into the market and uh, the fundamentals look bad. And the, the biggest exchange in the world wants to push their thumb down, feeling wronged on a much smaller exchange, frankly. And so FTT started getting sold off. And it was around the 22 handle where Caroline came in and said, hey, CZ, if you want to reduce the market, you know, CZ in his original tweet said this is going to potentially take weeks and months to reduce the market impact. Uh, again, for our audience, if you try to sell a lot of something uh, very quickly, your execution and the prices you're going to get for that are, you know, your mileage may vary, as they say. Uh, but generally speaking, if you want to get rid of a lot of something quickly, that ends up being sloppy. And sloppy means larger market impact and bigger moves. So as a result, Caroline, again, the CEO of Alameda Research, who already have hold a shit ton of FTT, said, hey, uh, we'll buy it off you uh, over the counter at $22, uh, which was roughly around the market price at that time. Uh, CZ didn't take her up on that offer. He kind of ignored that and then he reacted well, with an emoji to claims as to whether they could even afford to buy it off him then he tweeted something about are they going to buy bnb so, so basically that offer wasn't interesting to him whatsoever which is already something i find somewhat objectionable but i'm sure we can get onto that just to finish yeah. the history uh ftx got rocked 
as a result. The outflows from the exchange were huge. There was huge sell pressure on FTT. Um, there were there was speculation that there may be FTT denominated loans that, could, that might get called as a result on some DeFi protocols and just in general. So that wasn't very good. Uh, Sam came out and said, we're fine. We don't let, lend our customers assets. And the reason for the, the withdrawal delays that started coming in was that uh, was kind of a technical problem to do with just nodes in general as far as blockchain tech goes and also wires in the sort of legacy fiat system uh, that, that, that take a while to deal with this sudden um, uh, one-sided uh, sort of demand for people withdrawing from the exchange. Then FTT, the sort of the recent developments is that FTT nuked well below Caroline's sort of OTC offer level. It was at 22 and I think it's around the 15 handle now. Uh, and mm -hmm. that just ended up uh, cascading all the previous behaviors that I described. You had big outflows from FTX. Um, delays and limits on withdrawals, which have, as far as I know, the recent evidence turned to just a suspension of at least blockchain withdrawals, but I mean, just withdrawals in general. Uh, and you also have this weird behavior of Alameda Research topping up the FTX hot wallets, which had been pretty much empty, um, which isn't great. And then, as I said, it culminated in um, FTX pausing withdrawals and the market is basically waiting for word from SBF or any relevant parties as to, yeah. A, as Ledger said, why is there a blackout in communication? But B, just, just an update on, on the state of affairs. So that's kind of the quick history there. I know it was a bit long. I want to add, add one more thing. Um, we're sponsored by FTX. Aside from all of that, one, we're not sponsored by Alameda. I don't know what's going on with Alameda. And more so, if Alameda did go under, which I don't know that it will, I don't know anything about it, but let's say Alameda was insolvent, in no way should that impact FTX from a functionality uh, or a um, solvency perspective. And if it does, then that's a huge problem, right? Yes. That's something that FTX and Sam needs to answer for because if he is the primary owner of both, he didn't keep his stuff separate. You know, when yes. I run two businesses, which I run more, <laughs> I run multiple businesses, but if I do stuff from one business and the other business and I can't keep those things separate from an accounting perspective, that's problematic. If I can't if I can't keep those the the risk profiles separated, then that's problematic. And those are very very tiny businesses, not thirty two billion dollar valuation businesses. So they need to uh, figure that out, right? Like that's that would be very problematic if one is a systemic risk to the other. Yes, and it's also a direct violation of FTX's own full terms of service. Um, which specifically states that the title of your crypto assets, if you when you deposit them on the exchange, they're yours. They're not for FTX trading. They're not to be used for that. They're, they're, they're simply yours. So if that were in some way to be rerouted to supposedly an unaffiliated quant trading firm, uh, you know, customer funds going towards those endeavors, that's completely inappropriate, probably illegal, and at the very least a violation of uh, terms of service, trust, etc. That, that's the most and therefore, unacceptable like, ripe scenario. for some kind of class action or something. Oh, where absolutely. If they were not abiding by the terms of service, that would be a big problem. Yes, agreed. And just as some extra color, I suppose, I mean, the market impact is sort of self-evident. You have worse liquidity in general. You have forced closing of positions and trying to transfer those funds where possible. You have shorts and hedges on other exchanges coming in to protect capital that may not be accessible or isn't at the moment. You also just have this sort of flywheel of speculation that Alameda may be a forced seller of those assets in some kind of liquidation scenario or worst case scenario or to top off FTX, whatever it may be. And so you have the names that came up in that Coindesk articles being hammered more than others, such as Solana. And the losers in this, I mean, there are a few. 
uh, FTX and FTT, obviously one of them. I mean, this is uh, the way it's been kind of handled at the moment is unacceptable. At the very least, from a cust from the available information, from a kind of customer uh, trust point of view and sort of reputationally, as I said, that that's not on. Uh, retail traders and customers of all venues also eat shit because asset prices nuke and the whole thing is just very sloppy. And you know, if market making firms aren't as willing to deploy and so on and so forth, we saw book depth completely vanish on some exchanges. That means worse execution, worse prices, and just in general, uh, well, kind of urgency to risk off. And the industry yeah. as a whole suffers, right? Because we just look like a bunch of bums where this billionaire um, backroom lobbying political warfare type of thing means that everyone everyone eats shit. So none of that is good. <laughs> to, to top it off, we've got others participating in the fund. So Arthur Hayes this morning is like, we're, we still haven't had our layman moment. Who's it going to be? And then 15 minutes ago, he said, I just bought some 15K puts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other you know, people are enjoying piling on. Like, that's one thing that, I mean, Twitter is very ruthless. Um, and when they smell blood in the water, they oh, it's blood in the water. It. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so like, it's kind of a waiting game now until we find out were concerns validated um, or did everything um kind of go back to normal right like did did they process it all do they have a, a recap did they communicate what went wrong and why where did systems fail if it was just systems what type of liquidity crunch existed and then uh honestly from that we find out like is this something that has lasting reputational impact for ftx like and and what do people do with their money right is it a we talked about Arthur, is it a BitMEX moment? You know, like BitMEX eventually mm -hmm. just lost um, reputational um, re reputation and people left, right? Like people went and traded their perps elsewhere because uh, of a variety of reasons. But, um, and, and yeah. what happens, what happens here is the question. So that's what we're waiting on. We're just, we're literally just like everyone else uh, waiting to, to find answers. I certainly want answers um you and everyone else mate yeah yeah and but we did finally get the decoupling that we were waiting on you know? <laughs> yeah don was very happy about that one yeah <laughs> i mean it was a little bit ironic but uh yeah we finally did get a little bit of a move uh opposite to the s p but i i want to say like in general this whole thing just casts a really bad light on crypto it's not like we've like we've we constantly cast a bad light on crypto right as in like the crypto community as a whole like there's drama after drama and it kind of looks like there's just a bunch of children kind of running the show and this is no no different right because at the end of the day either like i think in my head at least there's two outcomes to this either cc just basically caused um a bank run on on ftx which damaged pretty much everyone like i mean prices have been going down people have had to close their positions people are panicking it's a bunch of, it's a shit show, right? Either that is the case, and um, obviously that's not a good look, or like FTX does have real problems, and that's also a bad look, right? There's no good outcome of this. It's like not like it's, okay, um, maybe we can avoid all the, the kind of pitfalls. This is just shit. Like, this is just not a situation you want to be in. And it comes after FreeAC has basically been liquidated. It comes after Voyager's kind of been completely wrecked. And um, it comes during a time where we already have, like, negative spotlight on crypto, right? So, like, either way, this is bad news in my eyes. And it's obviously, um, 
I think the the way it's been handled by all the parties involved, right? So you see the same as basically FTX and Sam because. FTX and Sam haven't been communicating. CC just for some weird reason felt like doing it all public. I uh, could have just done an OTC de like deal. I don't know yeah. why you would kind of say, hey, we're not going to take that if it's offered to you. Um, yeah. Just seems very petty. He clearly didn't want to take it. Like, yeah. He had other plans. And yeah. And yeah, that's I when his premise of I'm just a builder, I don't have time for drama, that that's when that's really stretched in my mind. Because the quickest way to resolve away from the drama <laughs> would be like, hey, you know, I I'm not going to like diss him for wanting to get rid of his FTT, right? That that's his yeah. investment decision and Binance investment decision. And, you know, people buy and sell stuff all the time and theses change, whatever it may be. Fuck it. Even if it were just like a spiteful thing, like you're not being behind my back, I'm going to sell my FTT. I think he's completely within his rights to do that. And I, I'm, I find that totally reasonable. But I think if you're then going to argue that you want this to be like a low maintenance, no drama, we're not fighting. Then sell there's it no at war, $22. Then just sell it at $22, get the OTC deal done and the industry can move on. You can focus on building and BNB adoption, all this other stuff and the industry doesn't suffer as a result. I think when you cross yeah. that threshold and avoid taking the easy option, which also gives you a better price, that's when I think it becomes reasonable to question uh, incentives, right? Yeah. It's like CZ's got his biddle hammer in one hand and his like, knife he's twisting in the other, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I find that un, 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 not, not productive at a bare minimum. Um, and... You know, CZ's not the victim there. Like, if when he if he's doing that, like he's creating victims of people who inevitably are also his customers, right? Um, it's bad for the ecosystem as a whole. And so, like Sam and Sam made an extraordinarily offensive joke of like, is he even allowed to be in the U.S. to lobby? The yeah, that was shitty. Thing? That and was very shitty. It's like, you know, if Sam like pokes CZ in the eye, is he surprised that CZ comes back? with a knife <laughs> you know yeah um or a nuke so, yeah <laughs> or nuke, like i don't we're not sure yet um and then yeah there's a lot of childishness i was my disappointment so far is that um based on what you know the people that i've talked to at ftx and kind of gotten to know over time they're supposed to be the adults in the room right like step above be the be our representative in dc with your untied shoelaces and whatever like but be the adult in the room, be mature, uh, communicate well, be open and honest, be straightforward and be the adult in the room. And I expect them to do that. And so if they um, fail to do that, fail to take the high road, fail to communicate well, fail to uh, honor their obligations, then that is not good. And I, I, I would need to analyze this on our, on our own to say, like, is this who we want to be associated with or not? Um, historically, I've never seen anything that like indicated that I would not want to be associated with what they do. Um, uh, but they, this is their, their time to, to show what they're made of. And, and that's going to have an impact on whether people use their exchange, whether people are ready to, uh, step, uh, alongside them as they try to recover out of this. And, you know, we learn some truths, like we need answers for the questions that people are bringing up. There's some people that are bringing up like good questions. There's some people that are just like, tossing gasoline on the fire. Uh, but Adam Cochran is one person that's brought up like, here, you know, uh, uh, lawmaster, freaking a Larry, Larry. Uh, yeah. like Larry's put out like a whole list of wallets and what's going on. Like, I want to see, I want to, I want answers. I want transparency 
to those things. And then uh, we go from there. Yeah. I think one thing we also discussed before the call is if there were ever a time to get, even if it's difficult and even if it has negative regulatory, you know, implications for Sam's regulatory effort, whatever it may be, it's time to really come clean about the FTX Alameda relationship. Like that should have been done from the very beginning. And we, we didn't get that. And the bull market covered that to some extent. Uh, but if, if there is something sort of nefarious going on there, and if customer funds aren't sufficiently protected or separated from essentially their trading operation, I mean, that that's, again, unacceptable. For me, one of the worst case scenarios. It's a complete betrayal of trust. Uh, and, and that would be that. I mean, look, who, who would trust the, frankly speaking, um, who, who would trust the exchange after an event like that, right? So withdrawals go from delayed to paused. There's no communication. Uh, and then you find out that in violation of their own terms of service, the funds have been going elsewhere, almost in a Celsius-like sort of for speculative purposes or for collateral or for loans, whatever it may be. Um, you know, if you're someone who managed to withdraw their money from that exchange, and yes, the truth does comes out, come out and stuff gets fixed and whatever, even, even in that kind of positive best case scenario, would you put your money back uh, in, in, in that type of venue. Like we saw, you, you brought up BitMEX as an example. I mean, that exchange essentially got um, left to irrelevance, to put one way. Uh, and that wasn't just some like competitor, whatever type of exchange. That, that was the place to trade. That was the home of perpetual swaps, which is still the highest volume instrument that we have in crypto. It was the only game in town for the longest time. And even, even that sort of, we moved on from that. So there's no sanctity or kind of guaranteed stickiness or loyalty when it comes to users for these things, you know? Uh, so so that's that's what I mean. With every hour of this comms blackout, whatever it may be, it, it, it's very damaging reputationally because even if everything does get fixed, resolved, and it was technical or there's some good explanation, um, people's trust threshold is going to be much, much higher um, or I guess lower in this specific case, but they're going to want a lot more assurances after an event like this, especially given the recency bias when it comes to Celsius, Voyager, you know, BlockFi, Luna, all this type of stuff. Um, people won't take any unnecessary risks on these things, especially when it comes to choosing counterparties. So uh, I think we need really need to see something in the next few hours, um, uh, at the very latest, to be honest. Some, something else I just saw, uh, Adam, again, Adam Cochran was making a comment here um, about some of the withdrawals that he's seen going through as normal are FTX US and whether there's some kind of um, difference there in terms of the function of how that works or what's going on there. And I do wonder if there's something there, like were they operating differently with FTX US versus FTX, the other stuff? <laughs> Is that called international? Um, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know if there's some kind of like fundamental difference in the way those funds are managed or stored or terms of service. I have no idea. Um, but again, it adds, it adds questions. It's like, how does how does how does the stuff work how do they differentiate well how are the entities separated and they should be able to answer those questions better than for example binance which no one knows where it's based like they have you know dozens of individualized entities for different jurisdictions um but if you say like where is binance like, it's complicated right and my expectation for FT ftx should be it should not be that complicated it should be um you express how it's all structured and make that quite clear. Um, you're certainly going to have to make it clear if you're going to have proper relationships within U.S. you know regulatory jurisdictions. So you have to be able to identify this stuff pretty well. Yeah, I agree with all of that. 
Can All right. We be talking about price now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like uh, we wanted to be as uh, forthright as we can in terms of talking to the audience. So I feel like we've done that 30 minutes of, of justice. So um, Don, can I send the uh, send the screen share to you and we, we actually talk about price? <laughs> you of got FT, FTT to start down 33.5% today. Um, yep. Um, I mean, that's the, the, the obvious one, right? The obvious one, the first one to look at, um, just based on the fact that, yeah, it's done a shitload today and people are wondering like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's wondering where to buy this. Um, I'm a little bit wondering where to buy this. Uh, high time frame wise, there's no real support here, right? Because it was just basically vertical run upwards. I think in general, like an area of support ish. It's just like $10, $10 area here. Now, obviously, this all goes out the window. If FTX is actually insolvent, um, you don't want to be buying in that case. Uh, but I'm going to be looking like at an entry in that, in that area if I get one. Um, but yeah, it's quite rough, right? This kind of feels like either, like if you buy this, you're, you're right. And um, like, if you buy this, you're either right or wrong on basically FTX being insolvent. And um, if you're right and it goes low, you get a massive mean reverse, uh, like which would kind of reward you with like a 2x, 3x from that point onwards. Um, and if you're wrong, you just lose it all, basically, right? Uh, like I said, I don't really think the chances of it actually being the case, like as in FTX being insolvent, are high, at least not in my mind. Um, so I, I want to take that trade if I get it, right? So anything down here interesting to me, um, if we get a little bit more, like a push downwards, I'm not entirely sure if we're going to get it, um, to be honest. But I like the thing is, in these kind of situations, I don't have to take the trade. Um, that's why I'm just kind of like, if it gives me one where I'm like, okay, I can throw something in. If it goes to zero, it goes to zero. And uh, I will have a great entry if it doesn't. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for that to happen uh in general like this whole like drama and this whole stupid situation has caused everything to go down and this is the first time like we talked about like the decoupling whatever um but it's actually like it's been it's been a while right where the s p on the weekly is massively green um it's going up as we speak right and uh bitcoin the decoupling we deserve doing yeah, <laughs> really. Like... S&P up on news that crypto is going away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, look at that. Like, that's three red candles on, on the daily for Bitcoin. And then you go on the S&P. Uh, obviously, like, this is uh, Friday still. Um, but still, like, this is quite the difference. And, um, the, and Bitcoin is still bleeding, right? It's not like this has slowed down even on the lower time frames. And I think this is all basically, um, obviously, news related. Uh, if we have like uh, FTX in trouble, uh, you don't want to be in crypto, basically. So if you think FTX is in trouble in general, um, I mean, there's you would expect lower prices in my eyes. And just from a TA perspective, this is kind of shit spot to be in, right? Because we have the support that's been tested a shitload of times, and now we're testing it again. Um, not the not the best and the next support's quite far away like the next and i guess support... the other the, the other side of that is if you expect this to blow over then there's a 
discount on crypto basically relative yes. to the legacy oh. correlation yes i think that is in general the case it's just the question of i mean well in general in such a shitty situation uh globally because everyone's just kind of like okay the s&p is probably gonna go lower or like in general we're kind of uncertain about a lot of things so it's not even just crypto related right if you're making a bet here at support and you're like okay this is discounted relative to the S&P, there's also a chance that the S&P is just going to dump, right? Not because, okay, Bitcoin front ran it, but just because we're in a shitty situation globally all around. Um, but yeah, I do agree with you. Like, if you think the S&P is going to go up and if you think this whole situation is going to blow over, um, then it's probably a discounted buy and it's a discounted buy into support. It's not the best support anymore just based on the fact how many times it's been tested. Um, but... Like usually these kind of days I would buy, like if I don't believe the, the rumors to be true, I would buy this kind of dump um, because if they are proven to be wrong, uh, you're probably going to get a really nice candle to the upside. If they're confirmed, however, you're obviously going to like you're going to be. Eating yeah, this shit. is just like a catalyst trade, right? Fundamentally, especially for the FTT side of things, that that's probably going to be the main driver. Like if some if some clarification slash good news comes out about solvency, financial position, whatever, well, that thing probably flies, and a lot of the open interest, really aggressive positioning that's built up in that token gets wiped. The event is itself mean reverting, but also because of the future structure and positioning there, that sort of add fuel to the fire. And if not. And I think the longer there's also like an uncertainty premium, if you will, or discount, like the longer it lasts, the, the worse it is for the market. They're like, why aren't they updating anything? Oh, is it a lawyers telling them not to? And you, you get into all sort of second order inferences about these sorts of things. So I think uh, it, it's definitely lends itself well to a catalyst type of trade uh, more than anything, at least before the dust settles. One other element here that I uh, don't know if y'all are paying attention to, um, but it's pretty significant today. Um, is there's midterms in the US. So um, that could be part of what the market is pricing, which the market typically likes when nothing happens legislatively. <laughs> um, so the the House is likely to uh, go Republican since it's a, a toss up, but those two are um, both in the mix and the gubernatorial races, I guess, are leaning slightly Democratic. But um you know, both the House and the Senate have been Democratic with a Democratic uh, White House. So that's theoretically meant that they could pass things, even though they haven't. Um, but when the the two are split, it's just going to make it impossible to pass anything. And markets typically like that. So there might be some like resolution here in terms of um, the the political uncertainty. You're just kind of reaffirming that that the you're not going to pass anything that has a huge impact on markets basically. Um, and those races are happening today. So that could be a good bit of what's going on from the legacy side of things in terms of why the market's pumping is because the house looks like it's going to go red. Yeah. The, the setup was good in legacy, right? You have like midterm yeah. seasonality and Republican kind of skew, which is historically like pretty decent. The S&P bounced. If you can pull up that high time frame chart, Don. Yeah, exactly. Like on the monthly or the weekly or whatever, the S&P bounced from where it like should have bounced, purely technically speaking. Uh, so the mm -hmm. setup was there, you know, like good seasonality plus good technicals on the S&P at the point at which it mattered most. Um, that would have been, a, and crypto itself before all this un, unfolded, uh, it was like in an area of resistance, but at least you had like breakouts across the board and you had price sort of uh, above that 21K resistance at the very least. And you had like a breakout. But since then, yeah, th that entire setup got got wiped. 
uh, which, which is unfortunate because we could be talking about sort of range high prices and uh, some yeah. altcoins looked very close well, to continuation, like Chili's or whatever. It's Chili's. Was that it? was at its range high and some other stuff was looking like technically it had legs but yeah you can just if you scroll through any uh watch list the entire market's feeling this which which sucks because we've yeah. relied so much on smp correlation to at least drag us out of the mud and the one time they do that we come up with our own concoction of shit to yeah not participate we wouldn't be guessing if the dixie was showing this which is the mm, most apparent breakdown style candle we've seen in a long time um we wouldn't probably be thinking bitcoins at 19k unless it was off of a floor of like 14k <laughs> i think we would have been uh predicting there's a bounce here so and i think there would be if the, this drama wasn't going on um but uh, associated with the legacy market there might be a trade here for for crypto if the dollar continues to weaken um yeah you I mean does this look like broken down or just kind of refreshing itself here to y'all um, I think it, it could take a while. Like, I think it's going to go sideways here more than anything. I don't think it's broken down necessarily, but I think it's ready to take a breather more than anything. Um, it, the funny thing is, like, crypto-wise, which is stuck in this loop of, okay, is like this whole price action is basically dictated by, okay, is FTX uh, solvent or not? Or is it, like, fucked or not? And um, as long as there's no news, I think we're going to suffer uh, in, re like, compared to the S&P. Yeah, it's just what it is. But yeah, traditional markets look good to me. The dollar looks weak, or at least like it wants to range. So we'd have some upside on that front. It's just, yeah, we kind of screwed ourselves on that one. The, the, the two billionaires in our midst anyway. We're good at that, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's like 95% crypto-specific price action at this point, probably more, and everything else, all this macro stuff normally as important as it is we don't have that it almost feels wrong to say we don't have the luxury of caring about macro at the moment <laughs> because <laughs> we, we have our own um problems in our own home you know that's just take, how we'll as go Jesus down said, yeah go as as legacy turns though if it goes down then we'll just keep going down oh yeah yeah i mean that that's like look if you want the script writers to put in some like apocalypse type of scenario it's like look the ftx alameda situation is as bad as you thought oh and by the way cpi is going to come in really hot and dollar rips and equities puke and yeah i mean come on that's that's yeah a bit of a disaster type of scenario and i think cpi comes out on thursday right um, but I think until we get this resolved one way or another, the price action's going to be almost almost entirely dictated by um, the market pricing and chances of you know solvency and solvency, their li liquidity conditions, and so on and so forth. Which, which isn't a great thing for for, to, for you know if you want a list of things that are a toss up, uh, the solvency of one of the bigger exchanges and quantitative trading firms in the space uh, ideally shouldn't be very high on that. But this is crypto, so here we are. Hmm. That's a nice drawing there, Don. Yeah. I mean, this just kind of sucks, right? Just looking at this, it's like, do you really want to take another trade at this range low? Um, I think the only reasonable stance for taking it along at this range low is basically you're like, okay, this is all FUD. This is bullshit. And it's going to mean revert or it's going to go back up. And I think that's not the worst, but given how weak we've been in general compared to everything else, uh, I just... For me, there's no trade to be taken here. I definitely don't want to short into like a situation where I think it's it it is probably fud 
or at least least like not entirely true. So like I feel like the market is kind of pricing in something that has doesn't have to be priced in. Um, but I also definitely don't want to buy this just from a TA perspective, right? Because this is just garbage. This looks like uh, Bitcoin looked at 6K, right? If you remember back, um, where it just like back in 2018, um, where it just grinded on 6K support over and over and over again. And every single bounce was weaker and weaker and weaker. Uh, that's what we're doing now. Um, at least a little bit higher price-wise, but I mean, it just looks too similar and feels too similar and uh, makes me hesitant to get involved, uh, even though, like I said, I, I think there would be a play to be made uh, on, on the news front, but I just, I don't want to, I just don't feel like it. Support on top of credit on his head. Yeah. Um, Some oh, small yeah. brains yeah. holding this thing up. <laughs> um, meanwhile, gold. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> this is not okay. This is not okay. Stop it. <laughs> Don is like, the biggest exchange can face liquidity crises, but gold going up, that's where I draw the line. You know? <laughs> that is where I draw the line. <laughs> Oh, two percent today after recovery um previously as well rates well, pizza shift must be just bathing and uh, oh yeah rates, uh double double topping maybe i feel like this is like a regime shift type price action per, uh personally for politically related so see if it can like last longer but all of that is pretty nicely correlated like rates looking toppy Dixie looking toppy, gold looking bottomy, markets looking strong. Like that's kind of a that's a proper recovery trade. Like a, one of the first times where all of those things kind of line up together versus the market's having an up day or and rates are still soaring. You know, um, so uh, that makes me wonder if there is something more constructive here for Dixie sideways or downside and other markets having some opportunity for recovery. Within which you would hope that. Uh, that the crypto might have a trade. Um, I guess one thing you could look at is like, where can you take the trade in crypto if you seek it? And I don't know, question for y'all is Ethereum a better place to take the trade than Bitcoin, certainly than like Solana. Solana is, somebody would say like, whenever there's a problem, people just sell their Solana to try to cover it. <laughs> so, um, so like maybe, maybe there's altcoins that you don't want to dive into. Maybe is Bitcoin too much of a, a collateral asset is there a trade there for ethereum to play a role in that recovery uh, what, what do y'all think i think eve's probably a, a little bit like a leverage bet on bitcoin i think it's gonna if bitcoin goes up uh, eve's gonna go up more if bitcoin crashes eve's gonna crash pretty hard i think um so it's kind of like you're risking you're risking more to gain more kind of situation but in general eve's been a pretty good bet over the last few years and um I mean, I've, I've pulled this chart up a couple of times uh, on this mm -hmm. show already. This is like the EFPTC chart and it's trending up, right? And it's been trending up long for a long, long time. And I think in general, like over a longer time period, it's probably going to go like higher. It's just a question of does it go higher from here? Does it go lower first? Or does it like, like all of this could happen to like in my, in my eyes? Um, I think in general, it's going to go higher against Bitcoin. It's just a question of when, um, which does make it an interesting bet. The problem is the downside to like the support where I think it should be holding is like 50% uh, against Bitcoin, which would not be fun if you're holding it. Um, so th this is quite difficult for me. 
that's why I'm just kind of treating it as a leveraged Bitcoin bet um, because I think the downside is still too too large to justify. Like, I mean, the upside is basically two x, uh, and the downside is fifty percent down, and I think both are reasonably likely. So there's no trade for me here yet. If it gets discounted or if it just goes sideways for a while, that trade gets more and more attractive to me. So right now, I don't really know. Is is the answer for ETH? I don't know how you guys are looking at the ETH BTC chart or the relationship at all. But yeah, it's hard. I don't know. For me, given how fundamentally driven the market is right now, for for bad reasons at the very least. If I'm going to trade this thing this week, it has to be a catalyst trade off of off of news or headlines. Um, I, I think just like a lot of technical stuff was disregarded on the way down, as you'd expect. Um, I think if there's going to be a reversion or probably blast through the initial levels um, that, that people might be looking at from a purely technical point of view, uh, be that support or resistance. So I'm, I'm sort of all hands on deck, notifications on type of thing. And I think if you're going to try to catch a piece of this, I mean, obviously do so carefully because liquidity conditions and these sorts of things, and especially news trading um, and in general across exchanges at the moment, isn't that great. Uh, but but for me, I'm, I'm looking for clarity one way or another and then taking a sort of five to one hour holding window, maybe a bit longer depending on how, what, how, what the news is. Uh, but that type of trade, should we actually get some meaningful communication right, from the FTX side, Alameda side, maybe if their counterparties start coming out and saying things, wh whatever sort of tangible on that front, uh, that that's, I think, where, where my focus is at the very least. I'm just reading Twitter. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I the Bitcoin chart just looks so much worse to me that even though you said earlier, Donna, this looks like a leverage chart for ETH BTC, I'm more comfortable there personally. Um, although I'm sure you're right on the downside component, ETH BTC could get quite wrecked. Um, on a day like today, though, it should be doing that, and it's only I don't know, point and a half different. But the upside days, the upside is much more significant. So um, I don't know. I think we need to see whether this correlation kicks back in because legacy stuff does look so much better. Um, I, it gives some merit, I guess, to the the severity of this from a drama perspective that you're seeing it price crypto markets at a severe discount, like basically a 10%, 24-hour discount, maybe more. Um in terms of the the risk profile that investors with real money are are um, presenting this as, is there really anything to uh, where where do we go from here? What are we looking for? Resolution, news, resolution, yeah. something. Even if it's the worst thing in the world, just just give it to me. You know, um, yeah. Uh, the silence makes me very uncomfortable. Um, silence in my brain always means lawyers, and I don't like lawyers. Uh, <laughs> So hopefully, yeah. Didn't you use like I, study I law? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. My my undergraduate degrees in law, which is why all the more reason to hate it. Um, but yeah, the, the especially uh, look, you have to compare kind of habits as well. S Sam doesn't sit on these things for the most part. Like even if there's some half baked fud floating around on Twitter, he he'll usually you know if, if it generates enough traction i.e. if Hasaka tweets it <laughs> he, he'll he'll kind of go in and clarify from small technical stuff about browser issues as, as funny as that meme is to anything else he's, he's fairly clued in on top of it and that was actually a large part of 
FTX's growth strategy was that Sam and Sam himself was very much involved in like threads and DMs yeah, and that type of stuff. Very plugged in and very on top of it and very responsive. So the fact that that's the kind of baseline we're used to, and now it's more important than probably ever before to be clear when it comes to communications. And we don't have anything. I personally, um, there better be a damn good reason, but I don't think that list of damn good reasons is particularly uh, long. So yeah, mm -hmm. I. I resolution i think to answer your question or clarity whatever synonym you want to use yep basically the same for me i mean that's it's just as shitty as this is to say i don't think there really is a trade unless you want to front run that um but you don't really have to it's much more comfy to just chill and give it the room it deserves because this is quite the big thing um and I mean, once it's resolved, it's going to be clearer price action again. Until then, you're at the mercy of news, which I mean, it's always kind of risky if you're coming from a TA, PA um, background, right? If you're good at trading news, trade news. But if you're good at trading TA and PA, um, it's not necessarily the best time to do business when you know that there's a bunch of shit that could fly away um, that you don't really factor in because if your stop losses are based on TA and PA if your entire strategy is based on that I mean what are you going to do in this kind of market um, the answer is like not really anything and um, given I'm not the news trader I'd much rather see how the news plays out um, if there's weakness or strong uh, like weakness or strength basically relative weakness or if it's like if the positive news leads to like further selling um, or the other way around, then you can kind of do something with it until that happens. It's not really too clear uh, to me. And then I just rather get the info and trade off the info before I do any kind of wild speculation on something that I don't really understand. Yeah. That makes sense. I, uh, yeah. Resolution. Sounds good. Let's do it. That's all we got. Thanks, everybody, for hanging with us. Uh, hope you enjoyed it today. Trying to bring you what we can. Uh, one other thing I've been asked a couple times in the chat, are we having an up only with SBF? It's a different podcast, different stakeholders. Um, but yeah, we are uh, trying to orchestrate that. He said he would come on. We got put in a chat. Not much has been said since then. So uh, we've had the same number of hours of silence since Twitter has. So we are trying to get him... Uh, to confirm that he can come on and we will ask him questions if he does. I'm sure um, that's top of his list right now, Ledger, sure right? Very, very <laughs> high on the list. Uh, you know what, though? It should be because he owes answers to the community. And yeah, I think right. Up Only provides a, a good venue for getting the real community to pay attention. So um, they, he should get his ass on there. That's my opinion, at least, but it's my podcast. So <laughs> obviously, <laughs> I have that opinion. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah. We'll catch you next time. You can go to weeklyopen.com, catch episodes. You can uh, dislike this video if you hate us. Do all those things. But we'll see you again next episode. Later. <laughs> <laughs>